Hi, fellow mamas, advocates, and change makers, and welcome back to another episode of the We See You Mama Carecast. I'm your host, Christina Delaney, and this Carecast is a program of Cherished Mom, a nonprofit dedicated to educating and supporting moms, families, and the community surrounding maternal mental health. You can find us on social media and on our website by visiting www.cherishedmom.org. Today, we are thrilled to have Caroline join us on our Carecast. Caroline is a girl mom of two. She is a survivor of perinatal OCD and depression. She runs on Jesus and coffee. God has redeemed her past struggles by allowing her to work as a family support specialist for new and pregnant moms, and also through her work as a writer. Caroline is the author of the blog, Through the Deserts. She shares the story of her journey through the desert of perinatal mood disorders in hopes that other mamas will find hope as they travel through their own desert. We do discuss specific intrusive thoughts in this episode, so please listen from a safe space. I will be sure to put helpful resources in the show notes, and you can always reach out to us if you need to. We appreciate you joining us today, and without further delay, let's get to today's episode. Welcome, everybody, to the We See You Mama Carecast. We're very excited to have Caroline Young today here with us in, from Arizona. Are you from Arizona, Caroline? Um, no, my dad was military, so I'm kind of from everywhere. Okay. Well, she lives in Arizona now, um, and she just moved back there recently from Tennessee. So we're very excited to have her with us today. So yeah, welcome. thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you have a amazing job um, that you were able to take your position that you're in now and take it to Arizona. So tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah. So I actually work with the Healthy Families Program, which is a home visiting program for new and pregnant mamas. And I actually found myself there because of my past struggle with postpartum. So I'm excited to share that with you guys. That's amazing. It's always amazing to me how people find their passion in their struggle and find what they want to do out of life, even if it's, you know, usually a bittersweet, bitter that they went through it, but so sweet that they um, want to use that to affect the lives of others. So thank oh, you. Oh, for sure. For sure. And when we're in those moments, I remember sitting there like, hearing God say, like, I'm going to use this in your life. And I'm like, but I don't want you to use it. Like, I don't want to be here, <laughs> you know, but he totally does. He totally does take our, our pain and, and uses it for good. Absolutely. And, and sometimes it is like, I, what you want me to do, what with right. what and share <laughs> what? <laughs> so yeah, right. it, sometimes it's so hard, but um, right. we have to be obedient to the calling that God has set for us. So yes. So tell us your experience in your postpartum journey. Yeah. Um, so I think I'll rewind just a little bit and start kind of to how I found myself there, I guess. Um, so I got married pretty young. I was still in college. Um, it was my senior year of college, like between the, the junior and senior year that summer. Um, we got married and we got married in July and in October we were pregnant. So it was really fast. Um, and um, 
we kind of, it was a lot of changes all at once, which I know is a, is a pretty big risk factor, like lots of different changes happening at once. So, um, the, the guy that I married, he, I've known him for a long time. Um, we went to high school together, but we also, when I went to college, I moved out of state. So we were long distance in a long distance relationship. And when you're in a long distance relationship and then you come together, there's a lot of things that maybe you don't realize, like those little annoying habits that they might have that <laughs> you don't really see over Zoom. Um, so that was part of it is just, you know, we went into this relationship um, knowing each other, but not knowing each other as well as we could have, I guess. Um, and then moving to a different area, it was just a lot of different changes. Um, and so I saw those two little pink lines and we were excited, you know, we were like, this is so new, but we're excited. And about two weeks after seeing those pink lines is when things started to change. And I didn't, I knew something was wrong, but I didn't know like what it was called. You know, I didn't know that there was a name for it. Um, so my, my, mood disorder, I guess you could say, came while I was still pregnant, literally two weeks after finding out I was pregnant, um, is when it started. Um, and for me, it came out as rage, um, like really crazy rage, like in super irritability. So I was, you know, we got into like a little argument about who knows what, it wasn't even about anything probably, because if it was worth something, I would probably remember what it was, but I don't remember what it was. And I just flipped like I got so mad and I like stormed out of the room I yelled at him like I cussed at him and this is my new husband you know we've been married three months and I'm cussing at him and then I flipped the table and I like stormed to the to the bathroom like I literally flipped over the coffee table and I stormed to the bathroom and then I just like fell against the wall and just started crying and I'm like what just happened you know I just came out of that and I'm like I don't even know what just happened right now <laughs> you know what I mean and um, poor, my, my poor husband, like, I don't even know what happened either. You know, he's like confused, like over nothing. And so it all kind of started with rage. Um, and yeah, it just kind of got worse and worse um, from there, the anger and irritability. And um, because of that, like our marriage started struggling, um, you know, because he was confused. He didn't know what to do. I didn't know what was wrong with me. Um, and as time went on, like, what they call intrusive thoughts began. So I know you guys have probably talked about that on the podcast a little bit, but um, I had pretty severe intrusive thoughts um, even while pregnant. Um, so one of them would just be like, you know, we live near an overpass, um, like right next to a highway. And so every time I would drive over that overpass, like I couldn't, you can't go anywhere without driving over that little bridge. And um, every time I drove over it, I would literally like see it in my head, like a movie, like see myself just, driving off the edge, like crashing through the wall and just going over the edge and crashing. Um, I also had pretty severe intensive thoughts about, or not just about, sorry, intrusive thoughts, um, just about like when I would do the dishes, I would visualize myself like stabbing myself in the stomach with a knife or um, stabbing my hand in the, like with a fork, just like different things like that. And it would terrify me because um, it was like, how did like, what, what, what is this? Like, I've never had thoughts like this before. Like, what is this? And I could visually see it like a movie playing in my head. And this was all before I even had my daughter. This was all before the baby even came. Um, and like, what am I supposed to do? Do I talk to my husband? Do I say, Hey, I'm having these crazy thoughts. And I know you have no idea what's happening with me right now, but you know, I'm, I'm visualizing these things. And so I didn't really talk to him about it too much. Cause it's like, what am 
you're not going to understand <laughs> at all. You're going to think I'm crazy. Um, and I thought I was crazy as well. Um, so and, did, did yeah, you reach out to anybody while you're um, pregnant? Did you get any uh, resources or support from any of your providers? No, nothing. <laughs> Um, and I did, I did eventually talk to my husband a little bit about it, but he was, you know, we were both young and he, he's never heard of this before. He's like, what, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? And, um, no, I didn't, I didn't reach out for help because I didn't know what, what it was. You know what I mean? I didn't know to reach out. Um, now I did reach out as like after having her, um, they actually gave me the Edinburgh, like some hospitals do that. They'll give you the EPDS um, as you're in the hospital. And they gave me that. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, this is, this is what's wrong with me. All these questions, like I'm answering yes to all of them. Like there's actually something, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, wow, there's, there's a name for this. I'm not crazy. So I was honest as I could be on that Edinburgh postpartum depression scale, um, which is just a multiple choice. It's like 10 multiple choice questions. Um, and it has different symptoms that you might have experienced. Um, and I was super honest and I scored pretty high on that thing. Um, and I turned it in and they sent me home and nobody did anything, um, which is insane to me because I probably should have been hospitalized, but they just filed it away and they sent me home. Um, so that was one experience that I had of, of reaching out and saying, I, I am struggling with this. I'm being honest. Like I do have these thoughts of hurting myself. I do have these thoughts and they just sent me home, um, which kind of, you know, it gave me hope because I'm like, wow, I'm going to get help. And then they didn't do anything about it. And Did so it you, kind of crashed me down a little bit more. Do you remember what question you answered on the question about thoughts of harming yourself or others? You know, that one, I probably, I feel like I probably lied about. I think I erased it. I think I did yes. And then I erased it and said no. Which still should be, you would think would still be a uh, red flag to anybody exactly. administering that. If anybody said yes and then erased it and said no. Um, right. So. Right. And I know, because I actually, I do those in my workplace now. Like I, I administer those to moms. And the cutoff, like if anybody's score is a 10 or higher, they should be asked. Um, they should be, have somebody come and talk to them or, or referred, you know, to, to a mental health specialist or something. And I scored an 18, um, and they sent me home. Wow. And there's so. so much, you know, we can talk about screening, uh, and there's some people that are all for a hundred percent screening. And I, I think screening does a lot. Um, just like you said, when it, it validates someone with what they're going through, yeah. But if you don't follow up on those scores and if you don't provide specialized resources, then that is where, you know, providers are missing the mark. Um, yes. And obviously they missed the mark with you because you could have gotten help so much sooner. Um, yeah. Because that was probably the first time you were honest about your feelings. Yeah, definitely. And I think I'm probably like the, I don't want to say the example story of how things can go wrong, you know what I mean? But I feel like I might be when it comes to just healthcare providers, because that's not the only time that I reached out for help. Um, you know, that way I wasn't specifically reaching out, but I answered in an honest way that I was hoping I would get help and I didn't get help. Um, and then I, I did like about two weeks after having, having her. So I was like two or three weeks postpartum. Um, you know, after realizing, oh, this is something like legit wrong, you know what I mean? I called my midwife because I actually had 
um, I had a midwife with her. So I called my midwife and um, I told her like, hey, I am struggling. Like, I don't know what this is. Like, I don't know what the name of it is, but they screened me for it. And I know I was, was high and I need help. Like, I'm really going crazy. Like, I need help. And um, so she sent me in some, some like Zoloft and some fish oil pills. And then she sent me, she actually did send me a resource packet with multiple different, like, um, with support groups, but my closest support group was an hour away. So I was able to go sometimes. Um, and that was kind of helpful. But she also sent me like, there was one, like one provider that was trained in postpartum stuff in the area. And so I called them, but the price was like insane. And I just couldn't afford it. So I ended up going to the one that my account, like my insurance covered. Um, and so I went there and I shared what I was dealing with and she broke confidentiality and I lost my job over that. Uh -huh. Um, and so now <laughs> second time reaching out, um, I was crushed because my, I mean, I lost my whole job. Like I lost my livelihood because of this that I was dealing with. Um, and that was really hard. Like, so now who am I supposed to trust? I can't trust the doctors because they're not giving me the help I need. I can't trust, like in my mind, you know, I can't trust them because they didn't help me when I was honest. I can't trust this person because they just shared everything that I told them. Like, and I lost my job over it. So who can I go to for help? Like there's nobody that's going to help me is where I was in my head. And this was in Arizona at the time, or were you in Tennessee at the time? We were in, we were in Arizona, and that's, um, that's actually why we moved to Tennessee, because um, it was right after having her, and I, it was about a year after having her, and I was still struggling. Um, and I, we were like, we have to just, we have to go and be closer to family. So we moved to Tennessee. Um, that was one of the reasons that we moved to Tennessee, to be closer with family. Okay. Yeah, it's just, and that's, that, that's the stories that keep women from reaching out for help the things yeah. that shouldn't happen um you know women so much think i don't want people to take my baby away um, yeah. we don't think about our livelihood i mean my goodness you were trying to get the help that you needed and that is not okay for a therapist yeah. unless unless you were at risk for harm yourself no. which i assume you were not <laughs> Yeah, not at all. Any to tell anybody. Yeah. Um. I'm sorry you had to go through that. Because that's well, not okay. <laughs> no, it's not. But um, I I'm grateful because in the end, like, look where I am now. You know what I mean? If, look where I am now, and I'm able to. I'm serving moms, um, and I'm able to work with moms and 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 screen them and and get them the help that they need if they need it. So I'm grateful that God pulled me out of that. Um that that field you know what i mean and, and like we said earlier he's using it for good so yeah, and you know sometimes yeah. i think god has to literally force us <laughs> yeah. where, where we think we <laughs> should be into somewhere else yeah. um i know he did that with me and i don't know if you feel like that's what he did with you but um, oh, yeah. for sure yeah. you know there's always yeah. a reason definitely but sure. still shouldn't have yeah. happened yeah, 100%. Yeah. I kind of discount that. But um, so there was a lot of things. Let's go back to pregnancy because I, I just yeah. want to touch with this with the intrusive thoughts and just 
if anyone is listening that doesn't know what intrusive thoughts are and the difference between intrusive thoughts versus when it's an emergency. So Caroline described these specific thoughts she was having and they scared her to death, um, but she wasn't gonna act on them. Uh, someone that has psychosis, um, and sometimes it's a very fine line, um, someone that has psychosis, those thoughts don't scare them. They can easily act on them because, and usually it's protective. Those thoughts are very protective in nature. And um, so I, I did want to make that dif differentiation. And, um, but they are very, very scary. And to be pregnant and have to go through your pregnancy with those thoughts and to keep those thoughts to yourself, like I, I, I can't imagine that. Yeah. Yeah, it was really scary. Um, for sure. And like, in addition to that, I had convinced myself, I don't know if you consider this intrusive thoughts or not, but I had myself convinced that she, I was going to miscarry, like I was going to miscarry her or after the miscarry, you know, there's like that, that certain week that like the miscarriages are less likely. I'd convinced myself she was going to be stillbirth. Um, like I had that in my head, like she wasn't going to make it. Um, and because of that, I think it kind of trickled into to bonding. Like I wasn't able to bond with her. Um, because I had convinced myself she wasn't going to make it, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 So when you had her, uh, when you saw the midwife was the person you spoke to and said, I'm not okay. Yeah. They gave you the resource list, the resource packet and medication. Um, did the midwife uh, follow up with you after that or? She did actually, um, but you know, there's only so much that she can do besides refer me, but she did. Um, she called me, I think maybe two or three times after, and then she checked in with me again while, um, like during your well women visit afterwards, you know how they do like the eight week visit. Yeah. 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 So were she you, did, but, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, were you able to find a therapist that you did trust eventually or did you stop trying no i stopped trying um yeah <laughs> i stopped trying because i did go i did try another route after that i was like okay so what if maybe i find a christian counselor but we were really tight because i just lost i had lost my job um so we were super tight on money but i did find one that was like gonna do a sliding scale with us but when i got there she didn't she didn't hear what i was saying and so that was another aspect of like, you're not, you don't understand what I'm trying to tell you. You know what I mean? Like she wasn't hearing me and she was just saying, oh, you're just struggling with adjustment um, because you just moved and all of that and you got a new job. And I'm like, that's not what this is. Because like I was saying earlier, there was only, I guess there was only one that was um, trained in postpartum stuff at the time. This was four years ago. I know there's a lot more um, providers that are being trained in it now, but there was only one in the area at the time. Um, that had been trained in it and she was like outrageous for for the, the cost and it was just unaffordable. So the one that we did go to, I think I saw her two or three times, she just didn't hear me. And I was like, I'm not gonna spend money on you when you're not even listening to what I'm saying. Oh my goodness. Yeah, <laughs> so I dealt with it. This is another thing. Don't just deal with it because it's not just gonna go away on its own. I dealt with it for like, I mean, my daughter was probably, one and a half by the time I, it was finally, I could say I'm, I'm clear of it. You know what I mean? I was, she had to be at least one and a half and I dealt with it the whole pregnancy. So over two years of dealing with it. 
on my own. Wow. Yeah. And there's so much that can be said about that too. I mean, women that either don't reach out, they don't get appropriate treatment um, or get shut down or lose their jobs because they do reach out. Um, yeah. It takes them so much longer. Yeah. To it does. feel better. It does. And, and that, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, and two, if we want to talk about the healthcare system, it costs the healthcare system so much more and families so much more. And if we just did it right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Definitely. A hundred percent. When you could uh, have been the beginning, well, you should have been screened probably prenatally during pregnancy. You could, it could have been talked about and handled then. Yeah. Or even just an aspect of education. If somebody had told me, Hey, this is normal. 20% of moms get this. This is talk to me, call me <laughs> if you're struggling, we can get you help. Like, but I didn't even know what it was. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I that's, didn't even know it was a thing. Exactly. And that's what, why Cherish Mom exists because that's, I, I still feel that is a huge missing <laughs> link in the puzzle here okay. is that we are educating the providers as much as we can. And I love that very important, but we're not, talking to the ones that this is affecting so much. Um, And here lately, I've just realized that, you know, large systems, organizations, they're not utilizing patient experiences uh, to truly make a change. Um, And there's so much that can be done um, from a very, even minute level. Um, Mm Mm-hmm from training, education, um, anything really. Yeah, I I agree. I think there's such a stigma around it too. Like you said, like moms are scared because they don't know what it is. And then they're scared that they're going to lose their child, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, something that like shocked me was, so after I came out of it finally, and I would say like, I'm cleared something like just, I don't know. I made a poll on Facebook and I just said, have you experienced postpartum depression or do you know someone who has? And like so many people responded and a hundred percent said yes, Mm -hmm. which it was like, to me, I'm like, well, where the heck were you guys? (laughs) (laughs) Like, Why did I deal with this by myself? I'm looking at the names of the people that clicked yes. And I'm like, so why, why did you not reach out to me? If you knew that this is something that could happen, why didn't you tell me? You know what I mean? And why did I have to go through this alone? And that's kind of where, my mission is in my head is just like, we need to share our stories. We need to say, I I need people that are having their babies or are pregnant right now to know that I went through this, that way they can reach out if they need to. Um, That's something I do. Like if I see someone on Facebook, even if I'm not super close with them, if I see that they got pregnant or they just had their baby, I will message them and say, Hey, I went through something. 20% of moms go through this. If you find yourself struggling, just know I'm here. Like we have to do that. We have to. Yeah, I know sometimes I think I'm, I can be more reserved because I guess my Facebook is just always filled with (laughs) postpartum depression or anxiety or, you know, people's stories. So I guess I think people should come, not should come to me. I try to reach out the best I can, but we we do have to be so intentional um, of checking in with moms and 
it, 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 it should be so easy. There's yeah. so many things that just should be so easy. Um, but you're right. A hundred percent, a hundred percent of the people that you polled said, I went yeah. through this or know somebody that went through this. And you're exactly right. And especially right now when we're all isolated at home, it, okay. the rates are skyrocketing. Um, yeah. So something has to change. Yes. For sure. But that, that's why we need people like you sharing your story. And it I, to me, I think it's sometimes even more impactful when you have someone sharing your story and they're doing so much work in it um, to make changes. And you were originally in Chattanooga not long no, ago. No, uh, Shelbyville. Shelbyville. Shelbyville? Mm -hmm. See, this is how much I know geography. That's okay. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even know where it is. <laughs> Shelbyville is like, it's like an hour and a half south of Nashville. Okay. I think it's well. Okay. Um, were there were there many resources there that you found? Um, not not so much. No, not really. Um, I was in a tiny town, like mm -hmm. a tiny itty bitty town. Um, I mean, the pregnancy center was there. There's a little pregnancy center, um, and I found like I, I think the Healthy Families program is probably one of the main resources as well. Um which is where I worked when I was there, um, which is that, that program, that home visiting program for new moms. And that program is actually a nationwide program. So no matter where you guys are, um, if you need extra support, call up Healthy Families. Um, that was a little side commercial for you guys. But um, yeah, I, I don't think there was very many resources there at all now. Yeah, and I think they're always growing. Um, I know there's a couple nonprofits in the Nashville area that focus on maternal mental health. Um, but, and of course, providers are always being trained in Tennessee. But I think when you get in pockets like that where there's a small town, it's very yeah. difficult because usually the closest support group is way too far away to send anybody. Um, yeah. But that's a silver lining right now with everything being virtual and um, fairly easily accessible. Um, it's yeah. easier to plug in. Definitely. Definitely. So, yeah, what, as you have moved into being a survivor and now working with families, what is um, the biggest challenge you face with, with de dealing with this? Um, I think when I, cause not every mom I work with has it, you know what I mean? But the ones that I do that, the ones that I find that maybe did score a little high on their Edinburgh or, um, I can just kind of see that they're struggling. Um, cause once you go through it, you can kind of see. <laughs> it's like, in their oh, eyes. Yeah. It's all in their Definitely. eyes. Definitely. And so like when I can kind of see like, oh, you know, what? I think you're going through it. I think it has to do with acceptance, acceptance of this is real. I'm not crazy. It's okay to ask for help. Getting past that stigma, like we talked about. Um, yeah, I, I think that's the biggest thing is just getting them to realize like, hey, because I've gone, I've, I've had multiple moms that they score so high. And it's like, I can tell, honey, like you were really struggling and it's okay. But just getting them to the point where they're willing to ask for help, I think is probably the biggest barrier. Yeah. But I'm sure yeah. they're so glad that you're there um, as someone they can trust. 
to help them be able to get to that point of saying, okay, I need help. Yeah. And this is not working. Yes, exactly. I actually, um, I had a mom who, uh, she was really struggling, like all the signs were there. And um, one day we, I did the EPDS on her and I just said, hey, you know, like you scored kind of high. This is something I went through, um, you know, and then she like vanished like for like two weeks, like I couldn't get a hold of her. And I was like, oh my gosh, like what happened? Like, where is she? I hope she's okay. You know what I mean? Cause she was struggling with suicidal thoughts and things like that. And I could not get a hold of her. And then like one day out of the blue, she calls me up and she had checked herself into um, like a mental hospital and got the help she needed. And she was a completely different person in two weeks, completely different person. And so that just shows like, just get the help you need and we can get you better. Like you can get better. Um, so much quicker. You don't have to deal with it for two years. You don't have to, <laughs> you know, you don't have to deal with it for the next two months. Like this just gets you some help. Um, but I think a lot of it has to do with the stigma and then maybe embarrassment as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stigma, shame, embarrassment, and there not yeah. being anybody there that you feel that truly gets it. Um, yeah. cause I know if I had someone around me, when I was struggling, say, Christina, what you are doing, you are not acting yourself. Come on. Mm-hmm. I went, I went through this too. Let's sit down and talk about it. Instead of people saying, how are you? How are you? How are you? How are you? Right. Waiting for me to say fine or waiting for me to just go crazy. Um, right. Just someone to sit down and say, I get it. I've been there. Yeah. Exactly. I think is so powerful and so impactful and the reason why peer support works um, and the reason why survivors become so passionate because there was nobody there for them during that time either. Right, for sure, definitely. I'm I'm so glad that you're able to provide so much support and um, non-judgmental support uh, to the moms that you serve and I know they're deeply grateful for you and um, I know I am uh, and I'm so grateful that you're able to share your story um, and be with us today. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So tell us, um, I know you have a blog as well. Tell us about your blog. Yeah. um, So it's called Through the Deserts. And I kind of have this metaphor in my head <laughs> that kind of God just kind of laid in my heart. But um, when I was in Tennessee, I really missed the desert. <laughs> so um, one day, I don't know, I was just looking up Bible verses about deserts. And um, there's a couple different ones. And it always talks about God makes a river in the desert. And he gives, um, he makes a way through the wilderness. And he'll give you streams of water in the desert. And um, so to me, postpartum depression is kind of like a desert. It's a really dry place. You can't really survive through it. It's just hard. It's gross. It's hot. And it's just a really dark place to be. Um, but, but God, right? God, he makes a way through the wilderness. He makes rivers in dry lands. And um, that's what my story, my journey through postpartum depression is kind of like. That's how I envision it. 
postpartum depression was like a desert, but God provided and he, he sustained me all through that, even though I didn't have help from anybody else, even though people did not help me. <laughs> um, even when I reached out for help, God helped and he was there the whole time, even when I didn't see him. So my blog is called Through the Deserts um, and it's just kind of my story. Um, about postpartum. It has some educational pieces to it, like what is postpartum? What are the different kinds? Um, I share some of my, my how it has impacted my life now. Um, just different things like that. So it's through the deserts.wordpress.com and you can find me on there. I also have a Facebook page and an Instagram. It's just at through the deserts, but um, just kind of a place where I even have, have pulled out like we don't think about this, but lots of people are having babies in the Bible, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yep. many people are having babies in the Bible. And if 20% of mamas are diagnosed with postpartum, there's got to be at least one mama in the Bible that has postpartum. Um, and we don't think about that. But sometimes yep. I, I look through Bible stories and I see like, okay, this girl's pregnant. Is there any hint that there might have been some struggle there? Maybe it's not specifically postpartum, but maybe just her struggle through pregnancy. And so I kind of do, there's a couple blog posts that I have on that as well, but um, it's just, when I was going through it, I could not find a resource, um, specifically for Christian mamas going through it. I wanted something that I could hold on to. I had different books, you know, different things like that, but I needed something that was going to keep me grounded in Christ because everybody else was telling me that I wasn't, <laughs> you know what I mean? When you're going yeah. through it, people were like, well, you just need to worship more. I worship every night. I sit in my bathroom and I cry to worship music every night. And you're telling me that I don't have enough faith. Like God was there. He wasn't not there. I wasn't demonic. I wasn't oppressed. Like I was just struggling with crap and, um, God was there. And so that's kind of what my blog is about. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. I love that. And I'll have to take a deeper dive into it. And, yeah. you know, it, you're absolutely right that God does not leave us. Um, yeah. and we were not meant to not struggle either. Right. Um, even though we know God, it doesn't mean we're not going to not struggle. Um, and there's many, many people in the Bible that struggled. Um, but God saw each and every one of them through, through it. So I, I think that's the important thing is, you know, God does not leave our sides. Um, and is there through it, through it all. And on the other side, you know, yeah. everything's for his glory. Um, so yeah. I, I love the description of of that uh never heard it before and yeah. i just i love it i think it's beautiful and i hope that people will go find it and read and be encouraged and and yeah so i'm so thankful that you came to share and i hope that we will put everything about your blog in the show notes and where they can where our listeners can find you um and is there anything else you would like to share? Um, I don't think so. If you, like I said, if you want to hear more about my story, because I feel like I only scratched the surface of it today, but if you want to read more about my story, um, the very first one on the blog is what's going to pop up um, with all the different details, my crazy birth that we had, um, just all kinds of crazy stuff in there. So feel free to check that out. Thank you so much for having me on here. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing. And it's always bittersweet to me. Um, so I appreciate it. And we will put everything in the show notes for our listeners. Thank you, everybody.